0: Gentlemen, we have, we have a special, special treat, treat for you today. We, we have, have the one, one, the only. Welcome to
1: the State Lines Network. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Boldly Going Podcast. I am your host, Jason Sowell. Really excited to uh, bring another episode to you today. This is actually episode six. Now, on the last episode, I said it was episode six because I'm a moron, uh, because in my head, uh, technically, we do have six episodes, but the first episode is actually episode zero. Uh, which is an intro kind of uh, monologue talking about what the what this podcast is all about, who I am, all those kinds of things so uh, this is uh, this is technically episode six uh, of interviews, episode zero kind of makes it number seven really in your in your queue there, but episode six and it 's a great one to my friend Joran opelt uh, he is a uh, just a, a great great guy, incredible guy. He's been in the Tampa Bay area for years. He's been in the music scene. He's been in marketing. He's been in writing, uh, journalism. He is, uh, events. He's done all kinds of stuff. And what he's currently doing is, uh, some spiritual formation stuff. He, uh, a few years ago started, a started a nonprofit organization called Integral Church, Integral Church. I never can say it right. Um, uh, and it's a uh, interfaith nonprofit committed to community service, religious literacy, and personal transformative practice. And uh, he's doing uh, doing what he loves, and he's great at it. He expands my brain. He makes me think. Um, we talk a lot. We get real deep in this episode, so uh, kind of get ready for that. Strap in. He, uh, he, we get deep. We, we talk about uh, the divine and the mundane. We talk about holding healing space for each other. We talk about his family and... Uh, just how they have encouraged him and helped him be a better person. So uh, hopefully you get some encouragement out of it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a fascinating talk for me. Uh, I learned a lot out of it, and uh, hopefully you will too. So again, thanks for uh, all the feedback. Thanks for listening to the episodes. I hope it's encouraging. I hope you're finding some joy and encouragement out of hearing these stories and hearing people uh, within the Tampa Bay community and other, other places in the United States uh, that are doing what they love. They're boldly going. Uh, they're following their dream. And uh, as always, uh, please check out the uh, the State Lines uh, podcast network. Uh, go to the go to state-lines.com. Uh, check out the articles there. Check out uh, the other the other podcasts. Uh, if you love sports, there are. Podcasts for you there. There's articles for you there. If you love nerdy stuff like I do, if you're a comic junkie, if you love movies, entertainment, that kind of stuff, there are podcasts and articles for you there. Uh, if you just if you like stuff like this, uh, there's if you like to hear people ramble, we got the podcast for you. So go check out State Lines Podcast Network there, and also again, please check out uh, my organization, Current Initiatives. You can check that out online, EngageCurrent.org. And see what all we're doing there uh, in the community. We actually just did a, uh, a, a mural on a laundromat here in the Tampa Bay area. And we're really excited about that. If you go to the website, find us on uh, social media, you'll find that. You'll see what it's all like. Check that out. And uh, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being uh, friends of the podcast and, and listening. And uh, really excited to bring Joran to you today. Episode 6, uh, strap in. Get your, uh, get your brain ready because it's, uh, it's a little heavy. So here we go. Episode six, my buddy Joran Opelt. Like, yes. Do you actually record music in here?
0: No, I, I will be. You just be, have all your music. In stuff. a couple weeks, I've got a, a, a session scheduled with uh, somebody who's coming come in and do some chanting, so that'll some be Some chanting? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Okay.
1: Um, so yeah, like I said, we're recording. Uh, welcome everybody to the podcast, the boldly going podcast where we talk with people that uh, I call creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe on planet Earth. Dun, dun, dun. We, right. Yeah. We, is uh, there a bit music? Is there a bit of music that comes in underneath? Uh, no, but there should be. Dun, 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 I feel dun, dun, like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be a space theme though, because I'm, you know, we're. At, oh, yeah, that's Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah, there we go. A little Doctor Who lead in. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, uh, no, you know, I, I am, uh, I'm fascinated with, well, one, I'm fascinated with the universe anyway, yeah. and I'm fascinated with the idea that we are. You know, we're this one planet in the expanse of space and uh, you know we live on planet earth so this is the place that we can influence and do things with yeah. but I'm also fascinated with the idea everyone always talks about like aliens there's got to be there's got to be existence on other planets right. you know somewhere as big as the universe is there's got to be an existence the of odds life. are right that's right. what they say yeah and everyone's everyone thinks that oh man that would be amazing that's the fascinating thing To me, the more fascinating thing would be that there is no other life on this planet. That we're it. That we
0: truly are the life of the universe. That would be a pickle, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. That would be amazing to me.
0: Yeah. NASA would be pretty upset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All those people that... All their tax money got spent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that to me is... You know, and there's like some TV shows that... uh, I don't know if you ever watched Battlestar Galactica... No,, um, no, but similar thing they travel travel through space oh, right um but there is no there's no such thing as aliens like it's just humanity yeah. and the the cylons that they the the robotic um people that we that they uh created is the only...
0: Oh, so, okay. I, I've never seen Battlestar Galactica, so you're mm-hmm. saying there? it's not like Star Trek where there's, like, purple aliens and green no. aliens? It's literally just humans it's, and robots. It's human beings that lived
1: on... Uh, and it's all kind of centered around Greek... the uh, Greek okay. understanding of, like, uh, uh, Taurus and Leo... Or, or not Greek, but the... Uh, what are they, like the, the signs like the, uh, the astrological, astrological, signs. astrological signs yeah, yeah. so there's yeah. a planet basically for each one of those. There's basically 12 okay. planets or, or however many yeah. number of the astrological signs there are. Um, and so you're either a Taran because you were born on right. Taurus, or, okay. you know and the the is it 12? Are there 12 of those? Astrological? There's 12. Okay. And so. then the 13th planet, which is the ultimate like um, it's the mythological planet. Is gotcha. Earth, but but ah. Earth is the it's somewhere in space. In space, but that's the thing that they believe in. That was almost like the, the the heaven or the future place kind of thing. Okay, but it's there's a whole long backstory. But it's basically just human beings that exist on these planets, and at some point they created the Cylons, which are, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're sentient. Yeah, androids. Robots. Yeah, androids. Yeah. They yeah. created, um, and it turns into a war between the Cylons and the humans. Ah. and um, but like there's Skynet style. Yeah, kind of a little style. bit. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Got it. Um, and it's all, but it's also very centered around religion, and okay. you know, the there is a belief system that of many gods, and then the and then the crazy ones. Are the ones that believe in the existence of one God, like mm-hmm. one Creator, right. and all that. So it's kind of a it's an interesting thing, but a recurring theme for them is um, uh, this is all of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again. Okay. So the like the theme of the show is basically there's this there's kind of this outer existence of. "Quote unquote angels or beings or some kind that also exist within the recurring storyline, right? But they're kind of on the outside watching humanity go through its cycle of, okay. uh, you know, birth and right. advancement and yeah. creating robots and so the dharmic wheel, the wheel of Dharma, yeah, turning. Yeah, 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 and yeah. like the implosion yeah. that that creation brings to humanity and, but it's happened before." We've seen this cycle happen before. Maybe they'll make a different decision this time around.
0: Uh, right. And then it uh, kind of
1: fast forwards to like our modern day Earth lifestyle and, you know, middle of New York City. And you see these robotic things like all these machines and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, maybe they'll make a different decision this time around. Right. You know, it's a very fascinating... That's cool. ...idea. But yeah. So anyway... Uh, to me, that's the more fascinating side. Right, right? <laughs> humanity is the only
0: right. life existence in and the universe. We have to get along. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. we really have to learn how to deal with one another. Right, right, right. So we've been talking
1: for like five minutes already, and I'm not even, <laughs> they, no one knows who they're listening to at this point. So
0: uh, if they're still listening, then yeah, they all kind matter. of went, "Oh, yeah, these, exactly. these guys are crazy." Right.
1: Uh, but anyway, so we're in. Uh, we're in St. Pete. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Bully going here with my friend Joran. Yeah. Uh, Joran Opelt. Yeah. Do I pronounce your last name right? I never know if you I know, pronounce it correctly. It's funny.
0: Yeah. Opelt is one, the, half of the family says it that way. And then Opelt is another, mm. like the Minnesotans say Opelt. Okay. You know, or whatever. But yeah. Interesting. Opelt's good My of,
1: last name is the same way. The joke in my family is that uh, it's it, so I pronounce it Sowell. That's how right. I grew up right. pronouncing right. it. Most people, when they read it, uh, if they give it a if they attempt the pronunciation, it's always soal, right, or so well, Mm-hmm. which is totally fine. I don't usually correct anybody. But the joke in my family was always because there are part of the family that pronounce it soal. Mm-hmm. So the joke in the family was always the, the rich side of the family pronounces it soal, uh, all us yes. commoners yes. pronounce it soal. Yes, exactly. Know? So uh, okay, so Joran Opel, yep, or Opel, whatever. That's however right. you want That's to pronounce right. it, Short uh, or long,
0: works both ways.
1: Yeah, uh, we're in St. Pete in your uh, in your makeshift studio, kind of an artist right. workspace. Yeah. Um, and uh, Joran is uh, one of my favorite people in the world because you expand you probably more than anybody else I know uh, on, a, on a very spiritual level, metaphysical level. Um, expand my my world, my brain, my oh, thinking about cool. stuff. Thanks, man. Um, founder of Integral Church. Yeah. Um, consummate musician.
0: Yeah, yeah. Retired musician. Retired musician. Okay. <laughs> <Right>.
1: Retired musician. Kind <laughs> right. a varied life uh, career-wise. You've lived in your. Uh, are you native to St. Pete? I actually, don't even know that.
0: No. Uh, Wisconsin. Born in Wisconsin, and then okay. moved down in '92. So went to Clearwater High, and lived on the beach, and okay. did that whole thing, beach living, and then moved out. You know, and okay. bought a house in Seminole with my mm-hmm. wife, and then now we're in St. Pete, where we, okay. b- we belong. Got it. Yeah. it so
1: long time oh, we're gonna get into this. Thing. <laughs> we're gonna get into that. Tampa yeah, yeah. Tampa, Saint Pete,
0: clearly. I worked thing. I crossed that bridge, I drove, you know, I worked in Tampa for eleven years, you know. I loved working in Tampa and living in Saint Pete. I felt I had the best of both worlds.
1: Okay. Yeah. I can't let my girlfriend listen to this. But podcast. I love living in St. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah. coughs> I always uh, no I'm not gonna say that. I, I love Saint Pete as well. I love to. I love the whole Tampa Bay region, yeah. which a certain part of the Tampa Bay region does not like to be included in the Tampa Bay region. They sure. like to definitely say no. I'm from this specific place.
0: Right. Uh, it starts with a T.
1: Uh, no, no, it doesn't. Actually, <laughs> that is the. That is not the one. Ends in Ampa. No, that's actually not the one I was going to go with. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, so. Um, so, but you've been in for a long time. You've been in you've been in St. Pete, yeah. Tampa Bay area for a long time. You've seen it grow yeah. and change and all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, especially being in like playing music, like being in the music scene, and I remember going to see my friends' bands play at the State Theater and mm. having that be like a big deal, and then you know having a bands of my own and getting into that whole scene, you know, for so long. <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was great. That was fun. Uh, that's you know, it's a good question. Let's start there. I was gonna, I was going
1: to start with Integral Church, but let's come yeah. back to that. Music. I mean, you've been in the music world for a long time. You've lived in Tampa Bay for a long time. Um, How have you seen the music scene change, or what? What's different? What What do you miss, or what's better?
0: Um, You know, not being in it anymore, it's hard to say. It's hard to have compare it. But when I was in it, it was uh, it was really great. There were a lot of us that were working together. Uh, We had something at the time called the Southeast Music Alliance, and I was putting out compilation cds and i had a podcast and our podcast was winning best of the bay awards from creative loafing Mm -hmm. and all of that you know and it was great you know because we were putting on multi-band showcases and you could go to a show for five bucks you know yeah as it relates to kind of the economy and and that shift uh it was different in that it was a very you know product and merch based ecosystem like buy our shirt buy our CD yeah um, and cheap shows you know whereas now it's a very listen to our stuff online for free or on YouTube and yeah and now the show's got to be like 10 bucks at least for anybody to make any money you right. know because tank gas is now 30 you right. know or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's different you know in a way but at the same time there's still, I can tell there's still a lot of camaraderie, you know, and a lot of people trying to support one another. It's hard in Florida. I think it'll always be that way in Florida, because we're kind of out here on this peninsula by ourselves, and, you know, when you're routing a tour, bands don't always come to Florida, as most of us painfully are aware of, the fact that, you know, your favorite band doesn't ever make that dip down into this leg, because if you do Tampa, that means you got to do Tallahassee and Orlando too To make it worth your while financially To make the trip back up And right. you know, onto the mainland And then Sometimes contractually You can't do those shows Because they're too close together And you know
1: Yeah band, And then there's the weather
0: thing Bands have just ditched the state altogether For fear of hurricane or So people just don't come down into Florida When they're touring When they're routing tours So yeah. that kind of sucks <laughs> Being a music fan that's That's a downside
1: Yeah I agree with that Living being a Florida native, when it comes to hurricanes and weather, I'm
0: like, it's not as bad as you guys think. Stop, no, watch, stop watching not. the news. It's literally just blame your tour. Melvin's the Melvins it was one of my favorite bands, and they canceled a show uh, one year based on some kind of weather, like, oh, the hurricane. That probably it? never happened. It never, literally, never happened. Like, yeah, dissipated hundreds of miles, you know, and just never. It was, it was like windy that night. That was about it. Right. It's disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing. There's it's like, where's the rock and roll in that?
1: Yeah, know? exactly. Come right, on. exactly. Come on. <laughs> Come on, the real rock and rollers would go, oh, there's a hurricane? <laughs> right. I'm charging right, right in there. Let's we're we're playing Let's a show anyway.
0: They dig in and they don't let go. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, that's a good point. In Florida, I think a lot of people don't realize how big Florida is, how long it takes to yeah. get from one of I mean, you could essentially spend probably two weeks in Florida mm-hmm. just... Uh just with shows. Sure. There's enough cities across, you know, depending on what level what size band you are, what level you're at. Right. Um but yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um yeah, economically I didn't even think about that, how how that's changed. When I moved here in two thousand, uh I was I was told that Tampa was the uh the death metal capital. Yeah. Um, which was always fascinating to me because I never saw it anywhere. Because it wasn't really in, right. like, death metal scene. Right. But I was like, really?
0: Where does that happen? Well, and i got to say, by 2000, it had kind of... <clears> there, kind wasn't, of there wasn't really metal anywhere in 2000. You know what okay. I mean? But, yeah. I mean, it definitely was at one point with death and deicide and... Um, uh, what's the other band that's from... Was it Cannibal Corpse from Tampa? There's so many mm. that are, like... Or maybe it's Napalm Death. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. know. There, like, so many that are from here or, like... The drummer lives here, or the singer lives here, or whatever. Yeah, uh, that we definitely had that reputation for a long time, and still do. Yeah, people still say that. Huh. Interesting.
1: And Florida is a fascinating state with that because there are, like you said, a lot of it. Florida gets looked over a lot or overlooked a lot when it comes to music. But there's so many great musicians or bands, maybe not necessarily full bands, like you said, like the drummer for the one band. There's so many great musicians and bands that have come out of Florida or
0: that exist in Florida yeah Um, yeah, it's been an honor to have been a small tiny part of the family tree you know down here in this scene yeah that includes things like you know um, the Tampa scene you know like new Granada and aestheticized and you know now it's broken mold and you know just to be a part of my little contribution to whatever we were doing in St. Pete you know as it relates to the whole yeah, you know it was cool, man, and, and you know it's funny. I came in at a time when I was kind of picking up the mantle, picking up the torch mm-hmm. from people like uh, John McNicholas or Martin Rice or whoever that like they worked at Thoroughbred Music, which was now it's now Sam Ash, and they were putting oh, okay. out compilation CDs from Thoroughbred, and you know uh, there were definitely and New Granada was putting out comps back in the day too, and everybody was just kind of there was a Southeast Music Conference that that happened in tampa that uh we for a few years in a row and then we decided in st pete to kind of bring that back so there was one co- year that we did the southeastern music conference downtown we flew some label reps in and you know like did it up and had showcases and the you know the venues and panel discussions and did that whole thing and you know we we you know for those that were there for those really special moments and those really cool events it was uh Those are some great memories. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, you know, I, I, I think there's probably a a little bit of a resurgence of stuff that's coming back. Like you said, with Broken Mold and New Granada, there's like, there's some, there's some good stuff. I'm I'm excited about, um, and just some new bands that are coming out of here too,
0: out out of Tampa and St. Pete. I wouldn't know. Yeah. You're kind of, you're getting too old. I'm a dad now, you know, (laughs) I, I don't, I literally do not go. I mean, I go see Red Feather when I can. Okay. I love Mark to death. Like he's the best, and whatever he does, I'll go see if I can. Jerry X is a friend of mine. I'll go see her if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Kyle, he's got. A, he used to be in the Bovilles, He's got a new band. Uh, the rest of the bands from Baltimore, I think, but AMFM. Okay. AMFMs or AMFMs? I don't know how you pronounce it, but they put a new band together, and now they're starting to tour to support the album. So, I mean, there's a f- it, the Sons of Hippies, and now they're yeah, called, now they're called Pleasures. Oh, you know, know they changed Jonas me. drummer Jonas moved to Chicago okay. and, you know, but there's a there's a handful of bands that like I'll go see. Yeah. You know? I mean, mainly just because of my time with them, we kind of developed friendships. Yeah. You know? But I'm not seeking new music anymore. Okay. Like it's not in me to go like I got to go see who the hot new thing, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like I'm yeah. not I don't have the little label anymore. I'm not putting showcases together. I don't care. I, I yeah. literally don't care.
1: You I just to stay,
0: I want to stay home and listen to Mars Volta and Alice Cooper records and leave, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, like that's, that's it. Uh,
1: Jordan, you're not that old, but that might be the oldest <laughs> thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. That's true. When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell, I used to tell kids cause they would always, my students, you know, they it, it, typical teenagers make fun of their parents and right. like, uh, they don't know how to dress anymore and you know, yeah. their music is old, all that kind of stuff. I used to tell students, uh, when we would when we would do some kind of teaching on family or, you know, dealing with your your parents and all that kind of stuff, when I always tell them, listen, at one time, your parents were cool. Yeah. They were into all the cool music. They yeah. dressed uh, trendy, all that kind of stuff. Right. And the reason they don't is your fault. <laughs> The reason they're not that yeah. way anymore is your fault. Right. You came along right. and you sucked it all out yeah, of them.
0: Threw a wrench in the whole thing. Yeah.
1: And they don't, you you know, you took all their energy away. They don't have time anymore. Your mother and I energy.
0: used to own this town.
1: Right. <laughs> the classic <laughs> parents thing. You don't even know. Yeah. You don't even know what totally. I used to do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fascinating. So, yeah, you said you have kids. I'm uh I do want to talk about your kids for a minute cuz your kids are the coolest. I love uh, They're all right. uh your your daughter yeah. um is the cutest coolest <laughs> little girl.
0: She, uh, and she's not so little anymore. She's like a tween now. I know. I don't like it. She's 10 just, years old, but still she's like listening to, you know, Melanie Martinez and okay. My Chemical Romance and all wow. this other stuff. Pierce the Veil and whatever, you know, okay. whatever. But she's got the coolest name. Alchemy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why? Why alchemy? I forget your other.
0: Uh, Ashton. Ashton is sorry. The, my four-year-old, and <clears throat> Alchemy's ten, and uh, I th- th- naming our daughter Alchemy was one of the conditions uh, that I placed on Jennifer when we got married. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the things. It was like I got this idea to name a girl Alchemy. Like that's one of the things I want to do in okay. life. All right. K- are you down? Like, can you support me in that? Can we make that <clears throat> happen? And she was like. Yeah, we can do that. And then you pulled the ring out? Like, okay, right okay. The, like that might have been our first date. Like <laughs> oh, wow. Sitting on the beach going, just want to run something by you real quick. <laughs> the, you know, if, then. You no know. big deal. Right. But So, that was early on we had that planned out. Pretty much. Actually, so, why? Why though? Why did you want to name a girl alchemy? I mean, not only is it like a word that people need to know about, right? Like, the alchemical process of transformation as it relates to the individual and individuation and and in the Jungian process then in the 50s that he was then referring to the alchemists as somebody who had insights into how the mind and the soul works. Um, But also uh, there was this kind of sense that these people, these scientists, the earliest scientists in Persia, the, the alchemists, studied the universe, studied creation, the cosmos... In secret, in private, because by doing so, they were violating all these religious rules, right? Like breaking into the programming, the behind the scenes of the creation. The part of the outcome was to convert like lead and base metals into gold. Like they thought that they could transmute or change Mm. the elements by introducing other elements or just by whatever. Right. So there's this kind of perception of the alchemists as the um, opportunistic... Get rich quick, trying to change, oh, you know, the Midas, like trying to change dirt into something valuable. Mm-hmm. But really, the spiritual, the kind of intuition of the mm-hmm. alchemist is that everything starts as dirt and can turn into something valuable. Oh, that's fascinating. Right? So, alchemy is the process of change, the process of transformation. Interesting. And there's like seven steps to the alchemical process. And like I said, Jung wrote about it because he was all into that. But the, the see, word itself is it always fascinating to me. I think there was a character in a phantasm movie named Alchemy too, and that might have okay. had something to do with it. Everything's always influenced by horror movies or movies of some kind. She's lucky her name's not Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it's just like yeah,
1: oh man, or Freddy Krueger. So uh, say that say that thing again about like alchemy is essentially the belief that dirt.
0: Like yeah, like lead it, or it be, base stone, base metals, right? That this can be, changed, can be changed by a... putting it in a beaker and boiling yeah. it and, you know, but introducing some mercury and then eventually you'll have the lodestone, something the mother stone, which something. is like gold. Yeah, oh, exactly. interesting. Which obviously never happened because we know now, because of science, that that can never happen, right? But alchemy was never science. Alchemy was a combination. Science biology, chemistry, geology, psychology, spirituality, you know, those value spheres, the I, we, it, morals, art, science, hadn't been separated yet, right? We hadn't reached the Renaissance, the Enlightenment. So These were all things that we just lumped into one pot and that the church frowned upon. Interesting.
1: Uh, That's just a fascinating idea to me, too, because um, even though... I don't know, maybe it it was intended that way because it wasn't purely scientific Um, but just that idea of like that basis of things, dirt whatever it is can be changed and made into something beautiful and valuable
0: yeah and that ultimately is the alchemical process right? turning something something (laughs) base into into something valuable interesting but as long as you're applying that to like your own life your own practice i mean that's where you start to reap rewards from that process yeah <clears throat> interesting
1: that's so that's so cool so uh, all right daughter alchemy yes obviously your wife was like yeah that's cool we can yeah do that. whatever so,
0: i probably all that that i just said i probably said to her in that moment and was like so what do you think Right, Listen. like I pitched it. I gave her the pitch. Right. Like here's why we need to do this. And she did not think you were crazy right. and didn't go. She didn't run the other direction. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's awesome. So um, so skip skip ahead to years later because I think a lot of that informs what you're doing now. It sounds like uh, it does. real
0: Church. Yeah, it does. And you know, and then yeah, for ten years I was a musician, <laughs> and for ten years I was in media. I worked at Creative Loafing. Was the marketing director there, and then mm-hmm. I, for a year after that I was. the worked at the strass center was marketing for uh the patel conservatory and then yeah i mean i got on a spiritual path um i don't know probably eight years ago and you know for a couple of years i was a prayer chaplain at a unity church here in saint pete Mm -hmm. and started taking (laughs) classes and courses and i'd been ordained online for years just because a bunch of people needed me to do weddings okay and so i was like kind of ready to step into something i didn't know what (laughs) Oh the old online ordination. Absolutely. It's come in very handy. <laughs> and uh it it became pretty clear to me that what was happening was this this lineage of spirituality that this kind of it started in India in the thirties with Aurobindo, Sri Aurobindo and uh he when he designed something called the integral yoga, which is just basically a bunch of different yogic practices. It was like pranayama or um hatha yoga or rama yoga different forms of yoga okay and he just kind of said well this is all yoga right there's this one yoga it's the way we live our life it's the, it's the integral yoga it's the mm. complete yoga okay and so the and also he he introduced the idea that that things kind of unfold through time right that things evolve or unfold in stages um he definitely introduced the idea that there is a, an ascending version of spirituality that that uh, also needs to take into account the descending spirituality. Ascending means we are reaching up to God, and descending means God is reaching or breathing down into the world, creating the world. Mm. Both are very real. Both yeah. are true. Yeah. You know? uh, religions tend to kind of take one approach or the other. Right. So it's just kind of... a. a idea of leaving behind either or thinking and and embracing both and. A spirituality of both (laughs) and, you know. Right. And then Jean Gebser and uh, Whitehead, his process theology, all these things started to kind of Show us that, yeah, things do unfold in stages. And even we were talking about spiral dynamics, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Wilber, um, all these people started to say, yeah, they do unfold in stages, and you can't skip any of these stages, right? And not only uh, does consciousness unfold in stages or become more increasingly complex over time, vertically, but then horizontally, we have these different states of awareness, right? And that are, you know, from our waking, from our body, from our bodily waking state, all the way out through subtle and kind of causal non-dual witnessing awareness you know yeah. that can be achieved through contemplative prayer or meditation or yoga even so all of these dimensions of spirit or spirit in action the unfolding of of, of spirit in the world um kind of called me into spreading this message of integral spirituality and there wasn't anything like a group or a you know, usually there's like you go on meetup.com and you can find somebody talking about Oscar Wilde or whatever you know what i mean like yeah. there was literally nothing <clears throat> here there's nothing in florida you know hmm. so you know i woke up in the middle of the night and decided to plan a church basically start up a church you mm-hmm. know that's what we did we yeah. started it up 3 years ago so that's been fun and it's been an adventure you know and seeing Who's attracted to this idea of reinventing the way, you know, we don't call it worship, you know, we just we just we, we call it gathering. We gather okay. in a circle. It's a very postmodern kind of peer to peer, inward facing, non hierarchical version of religion. You yeah. Know? Like even in all the seeking we did, everything we found in these spiritual communities <clears throat> was very top down. You know, okay. very one person on a dais or a platform telling you what to think or mm-hmm. preaching to you or telling you a story or teaching a lesson or something. Yeah. Uh, even just reading from a sacred text. Uh, but there was nothing that was very <clears throat> inward facing and egalitarian and, you know, mm. c- community. There wasn't really a sense of community in that sense of expression. So we decided to make this thing and tested it out, outdoors in a city park and. And three years later, here we are. We're still doing it.
1: Um, interesting. So what is the, is, or is there a, is there a specific uh, discipline that you abide by? Is there a specific sacred text or is it
0: yeah kind of uh, blended? You know, we call it, we call it an interfaith church, <clears throat> you know, okay. for people who kind of, need to wrap their head around, yeah, what's your doctrine? What's your What do you guys believe? Yeah, sure. Uh, we call it an interfaith church because what we do is we honor all faith traditions. And okay. you can have in the circle at any given time an atheist, a Buddhist, a Christian, a, a pagan, a Hindu, a Muslim, whatever, right? In, mm-hmm. the, in the circle at any given time. And we read from uh, all the sacred texts, you know, not within one gathering or service, but over the course of a year we'll have read from many okay. you know, and heard from uh, guest speakers from many of those faith traditions. Um, speaking around maybe around Ramadan we'll have an imam come and talk about fasting, the benefits of fasting or whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is a very pluralistic um, tradition in that we honor all of those separate faith traditions and try to not kind of put them in a blender and Come up with new language that combines them all. Like if we're going to read from like Native American spirituality, we're going to say, "Here's a Navajo prayer," or you know what I mean. We're going to honor that tradition and include it in the service. So if that answers your question,
1: yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, We were talking earlier about uh, we had before we had lunch. um, uh, Before I mentioned spiral dynamics, integral. uh, I forget what you called it. Integral. When we were talking about leadership and all that. stuff.
0: Oh of yeah, well there's integral theory now. Integral theory was That's born what it is. in the '90s. <clears throat> um, that you know, integral spirituality or inter- integral yoga influenced, but integral theory then in you know in the '90s became something else. that included uh, the model, like the all quadrant uh, model, or like something like spiral dynamics, or that um, that um, there are various lines of development. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. within each, you know, holon, we call things holons where everything's a whole and a part simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That, that's and that was something yeah. that was coined by Arthur Kessler in the fifties. Like the word holon, H O L O N is a thing that he proposed and that it was that it had two faces, inward facing and outward facing. So everything has these kind of like Janus. Uh, like the Roman god Janus, okay, uh, which is the the god of the marks where we get January, marks okay. the beginning of the year. One okay. one face is looking back, one face is looking forward. Oh, interesting. So the holon is something that has these two faces or <clears throat> drives, right? An individual drive that is this agentic. Here I'm. Here I am. That's more the masculine drive, right? Right. And the communal drive, which is I'm a part of something greater. That's very tactile and you know communal. Yeah. So every holon has these these two two drives. And so, integral theory then put forth that not only does every holon have these two faces, inward and outward facing, they're also uh, there, you can also consider the interior and exterior dimensions of the individual and of the collective. So now that broke it down into like four quadrants. Okay. Right? So when I say something about I'm being mindful, that's the interior individual quadrant. Okay. If I say something's beneficial, like healthy, that's the exterior individual quadrant. Okay. If I say it's optimal, right, or the, no, the optimal, I'm sorry, is your health. Beneficial is something that's good for the group, so that's the interior of the group, interior of the collective, that's lower left. And then sustainable is the exterior of the group, so that's lower right. So you've got these different dimensions that you can take into consideration when talking about medicine or religion or education or you know there's all these now these integral forms in the world now that apply the theory to things interesting so integral leadership like we were talking about is becoming <clears> like <throat> this management style yeah so like where are you falling on the on the map where is your team falling on the map how do you measure performance are we? is it are you being the most mindful the most optimal the most beneficial the most sustainable in all of these quadrants you know it's a, it's a method of leadership now as well interesting So individual, optimal What else? So the interior individual, it's mindful Mindful In the exterior individual, it's optimal Okay In the interior collective, it's beneficial And in the exterior collective, it's sustainable Interesting That's fascinating Yeah, it's good stuff You know, Um, and I mean and it's spirituality, how we apply it in spirituality or in the church, it's I mean that's your that's your accountability inquiry. You know, like mm. that's that's your line of spiritual development. Am I being am I holding the highest beauty for myself? Yeah. Am I seeing and and honoring the highest goodness in others? Yeah, you know, or in the culture, and am I seeing and witnessing the highest truth, the most truth in nature, in my surroundings. So self-culture, nature, Interesting. good, uh, beautiful, good, and true you know and that's how it maps into kind of spiritual practice.
1: Wow. So you know what's interesting about that is that the, like the culture that I grew up in spiritually, uh, in, I grew up I grew up Baptist and through different factors outside of that, there was some progressive thought in that, and then there were some of those very staunch, conservative, hold to this hold yeah. to this thing. One of the things that's interesting to me about this idea, integral um, theory, being that not only are you mindful of other people, but you're mindful of nature Absolutely. as well, and your effect to that. The interesting thing about the, the kind of culture I came, I came up in was that uh, you know, like with recycling or something mm-hmm. like that, it was always like, "Well, what's the point? It's all going to burn anyway." Right. You know, God's going to come back, and He's going to burn. The, he's going to burn this earth, and He's going to create a new, right. a new earth, which is I always thought was weird. Because to me, the the gospel, or you know, from my from Christianity, the gospel was always taught like a futuristic thing. Yeah, one day, yeah. when I die, I'm going to go to heaven if I sure. believe this thing, and. Uh, you know, God's going to create a new earth and I'm going to have this right. new this new thing. So I don't have to worry about it right now.
0: And every, most, I want to say most, maybe not every, but most religious uh, institutions or, or expressions have some form of that, which is what is their eschatology, yeah. right? Just, <laughs> right. What is the next life, right? Right. What am I looking forward to? Right. But that's the one kind of Janus face looking forward. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, the, the, I think the... Thing that I'm fascinated by is a lot. In a lot of ways, Christianity is is the one that solely looks to the future, not as good at looking at the right now. Okay. Because to me, the gospel is not just about the future, but it's about right now. The gospel has to be truth for humanity has to mean something for right You're now. You're saying
0: Christianity historically has been very forward looking. Yes. But the gospel itself in your reading of it is very Right. In the in the moment. Yes. Very be here now, yeah, that, as like, Ram Dass right, would that, say. Right.
1: Yeah. That yeah. uh life can have purpose and meaning now. Yeah. Life is yeah. um you know Jesus said I came I came that you might have life. Like I'm here now. And we were talking about earlier with the about the the idea of the disciples looking at Jesus and saying, "When are you going to, right? When are you going right. to plant your flag? I know you're yeah, here yeah, to, yeah. to build the new kingdom. When are you going to start? Yeah. When are you going to overthrow
0: the government and build your new kingdom?" Right. And he said, "No, no, no that's not." Well, it, yeah, it wasn't the disciples; it was the. <clears throat> oh know, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> it was the not the Philistines, but the, um, yeah, the soldiers demanded to know, yeah, where it would come, yeah, where yeah. Well, and it was the, cause, the disciples code, did the same thing. Where is going to be the zip code for the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. Because we want to erect a wall like Donald Trump. Right. (laughs) Put a gate on it. Yeah. Put a padlock on it. Right. Charge admission. Yeah. Right. That is the plan. Sure. If it's going to be a thing in the world, we want to control it and stick a flag in it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, interesting to me because
1: while, uh, yeah, Jesus responds like, you don't get it. This is not. No. is something much larger than that. Look in your heart. Yeah. Um, You're already there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus was very much like, listen, I'm here now to bring the... You know, they understood the terminology of kingdom, like right. But that kingdom is bigger than just, uh, you know, here's this castle and I'm ruling on Earth. Yeah. But it was very balanced to me in that yes, it is very future. It is uh, a different theory of life, a different way of living life. Um, but it's also about living that life right now. Yeah. And so I find it interesting when people go, well, I'm not going to do that because why don't you take care of the Earth because it's going to all burn anyway. Sure when i 'm like
0: and i 'll have a hundred virgins in heaven when I you know pay streets of gold yeah when I get you know fountains of chocolate, whatever it is for you right, right. when I get up there in the clouds, yeah
1: yeah um, yeah it's an interesting idea to me because I think well, you're just sacrificing now like you know um, while those things are important it 's almost like it gives people permission to just be an asshole to yeah. everyone around them because Absolutely. it doesn 't matter one Absolutely. day. <laughs> One day I'm gonna,
0: am gonna be in heaven or whatever it right. is. Um, and like we talked about a lot over lunch too, and that distracts us then. That forward, that long view distracts us then from holding each other, holding healing space for each other, right? Holding mm-hmm. each other through what we need to move through, in order to get to the end result, right? But we're always looking past or through each other to this. Place or person in the clouds that uh, we think holds promise for us, when in actuality the uh, the promise is something I think we hold for each other. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Man, that was a great statement. Holding healing space for each other. Yeah,
0: uh, that's my chaplain talk coming through. Yeah, no, that's good though. I <laughs> yeah.
1: think I mean I think everyone can understand that though because um, everyone needs that. Yeah, everyone needs it. But yes, uh, when it comes to religion, a lot of times. Uh, which is like a retirement lunch. Like that's, that's essentially what part of what religion is supposed to be—a very central part of bringing healing. Uh, but a lot of times, I feel like we cause more uh, wounds than we do healing spaces.
0: Yeah, we do. Um, By looking, you know, I forget who said it, but in every relationship, in every exchange, and I think this was said in the context or the setting of like. Uh, relationship, like a counseling uh, context, but in every exchange, we have the opportunity to, to face inward, to face each other. But problems arise when we don't do that, when we face away from each other, turn our backs to each other, and mm. don't communicate directly. But I mean, whether you're talking to your spouse, your partner, whoever, yeah, or a stranger, the yeah. principle state remains the same, right? Interesting. Uh, how do we change that? How do you think? You're, talking about over, you're talking about <laughs> overcoming fear. You're talking about overcoming a, a really deep-seated and rooted and and, and generational, handed-down um, fear that's ingrained in us mm-hmm. of, of other people that don't look like us, that aren't mm-hmm. the same color as us, that don't think like us, that don't pray like us. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about deep-seated, separationist, xenophobic mentality That's that's... I mean, segregation was only... How many years ago? 50 years ago? Yeah. You know? I right. we, I'm, I'm holding healing space. Yeah. That we're going to get there. Yeah. But we've got to hold each other <clears throat> until we get there, you know? Man, yeah. Uh, wow, that's interesting.
1: You're right. It is that fear. It is that fear thing. I don't... Man you said something there. Maybe
0: me something i was gonna well let me like, say yeah. one more thing because what you brought up spiral dynamics what spiral mm-hmm. dynamics tells us is that we all move through these stages right from archaic which is survival based right to tribal which is you know kind of you know it's the <clears throat> the first emergence of loyalty to a group yeah uh, but then you shift to kind of traditional conformist mentality and right then into like modern thinking and kind of you know and then you get into postmodern so I mean, you got to move through stages like the warrior stage which is very feudal and territory based right, and right. that's where those soldiers were demanding to know where the kingdom would appear uh, right. they were speaking from the war- the red warrior level in spiral dynamics and jesus is way up on the spectrum at like integral mystical holistic turquoise ultraviolet right, right. saying dude It's in your heart, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you are not speaking each other's language. So Mm -hmm. part of the problem is that we're not speaking the words that, you know... I mean, you've got to speak to somebody at the language of red, like Donald Trump is doing. He's doing a combination of red and blue. Yeah. Right? In order to pull people in. Mm -hmm. And then you move them through the fulcrums up this spiral of development. The ability to kind of take more and more perspectives. The the ability to include more and more worldviews in your thinking. Yeah, but you've got to start at the beginning and work your way through. Why do you think?
1: Um, I'm a believer that religion or spirituality, or whatever, whatever term you want to put on it, um, was meant to be and is essentially supposed to be the breakdown of those fears, of that separation of each other. That um, you know that it's meant to be. It's meant to view other people, other human beings, through the filter of Jesus or whoever, of that person is as valuable as I am, and they need to be loved and cared for, just like I need to be loved and cared for.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's part of my job, mm-hmm. to love and care for that person. But I feel like so often, it, like religion does the complete opposite to, to people. Well... Or it creates the idea... Like it creates more separation than it does. Here's the
0: thing keep in mind spiral dynamics oscillates left and right, <clears throat> or top and bottom, depending on which way you're le- looking at it. Right. Between concern for the individual and concern for the group. So even mm. at the tribal, most basic stage, there's still concern for the group, yeah. but it's of your tribe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then okay. even a green, postmodern, egalitarian birth <clears throat> of the internet, you know. Uh, all voices are equal women's rights, this whole thing it's concern for the group but it's like humans, you know what I mean Right. so you've got this kind of spectrum and then the the other, the the downside of Green some people say is that it it kind of uh, is very anti-hierarchy Right. right. And it imposes, so nothing gets done. It imposes, yeah, this right. idea that like their idea is better than theirs, which is right. a hierarchical concept yeah. by being anti-hierarchy. Yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> there are ways to have concern for a group, but have it be a more limiting group, right? My tribe, my mm. team, my school, my country, my race. Yeah. you're still looking out for a group of people. Right. But that group should be should unfold in ever broadening more inclusive more complex relationships to your surroundings yeah interesting
1: right yeah that makes sense it totally makes sense yeah I can see how from a religious standpoint those parameters are built in with that because you believe what I believe
0: we look out for each other yeah I got your back
1: yeah yeah.
0: you don't believe what I believe who's this infidel down the street yeah let's get him yeah right
1: yeah it's so it's amazing I tell people all the time, uh, man, in the days of like Facebook and all that kind of stuff and all the, the arguments online about different ideas and people get real
0: brazen. Oh, yeah. And I feel like... In anonymity, people will be really brazen. Yeah.
1: I feel like prior to that, a lot of those conversations didn't happen because in order for you to have that conversation, you had to look another human being in the eye. Yeah. Oh, there was no anonymity before. And either you didn't have the conversation Yeah Or Or you got punched in the you face <laughs> Yeah, you got punched right. in the face <laughs> Or in that conversation You handle that conversation differently Because you saw Absolutely. that person in front of you As a human being Yeah um, And That scares me Because I feel like as far Like we continue to advance in certain things But we At the same time that we advance We uh, Don't advance We right. go backwards Right uh, With some of that stuff
0: yeah, it's going to be hard to figure out a way forward when people are able to just s- simply and freely speak whatever it is they want to speak mm-hmm. without a f- a, a self imposed <clears throat> filter or sense of self or sense of self control. You know, yeah. sense of you know, it's not even just a sense of self awareness; it's a sense of self orientation. Yeah, among others, <clears throat> like where do I fit in? Where's this? Where am I in the scheme of? Of this kind of group or community or world, right? Right. What is my voice? My, how does my voice affect others? There's no sense of context. Right. These people. Yeah. That just blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. Comment freely on whatever it is that their mother used to tell them. You know, you can you can just feel the shadow material dripping off of these people as they're right. arguing. Right. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you don't. Come on. You don't really feel that way. <clears throat> yeah. I hear your mother. <clears throat> talking through you, you know, like I can hear your abusive father speaking through Mm. you in your comments, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So conversely, the hard part of that is uh, also treating that person with grace and respect as well. You hold them, yeah. That's the the flip side of it to me, is like you have you, know, you have the one side that obviously you're being a jerk and you are right. spouting these things and you're just creating more hurt. Right. So naturally I want to retaliate. Right. And I want to either cause you hurt or I want to shut you up. Right. But at the very core of religion or faith is the idea that, yeah, even though even though that person is causing harm and hurt, love them and treat right. them the same way that you expect so the them to treat
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. so. Yeah, man,
1: and yeah. that's so counter our humanity.
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's counter our humanity. I'd say it's maybe counter our uh, chemistry. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely not um, wired initially mm-hmm. to hold the attitude and consciousness of MLK when he said, "Only light." ...can run out the dark, you know, only yeah. love can conquer hate. Right. We're not born with that level of ability to hold yeah. people. But we can rewire ourselves through certain practices. Yeah. You know, we can um, smooth ourselves out like stones in a river by being around people mm-hmm. who are modeling that kind of behavior. Yeah, you know, which makes us more, which makes the opportunity for those moments to be to increase. You know, which increases the odds of those reactions, of those um, calm, reasoned reactions. Right. You know? um, but we're not ready for it out of the gate. Yeah. It takes practice. It takes work.
1: Yeah, that's true. And You know, that's why, like with with politics, I mean, it's pretty heated right now because. Oh that's going on. Mm-hmm. We've got all kinds of crazies trying to run for president yeah um, and the interesting thing to me with that you if you place the same filter, let's say you're on the, you're on the complete um, you know you're on the opposite side of a guy like Donald Trump mm-hmm. even though in your view he might be a jerk and he treats people disrespectfully or whatever the case may be. Still being able to treat him as a human being and with respect and dignity, even right. though you might believe he doesn't deserve it. Absolutely, is, man, that's the, to me that's the ultimate superpower. Yeah, and then conversely, on the other side, if you're someone that you know Hillary Clinton is your is the devil in your eyes, right? Like that ability and understanding to to recognize she's a human being. No matter what, she deserves love and respect and dignity. Absolutely. Uh,
0: And as a parent, I can say this as a parent, sometimes you have to let another human being's bad ideas play themselves out. Mm. Yeah. They have to learn. And they will never learn by you holding their hand or telling them to no, 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 or stop. Yeah. Or don't jump on the couch or don't give that speech. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. It's almost like the idea of like growing growing up in the South, they would they would make the joke of like, yeah, let him pull the TV on the right. top of He'll learn exactly. Yeah, you want <laughs> stick Right. <laughs> you to yeah. stick your finger out a light socket? You'll figure it out real fast. You should do That's that. Right.
0: <coughs> <coughs> I yes. stuck a paperclip in a light socket when I was a kid, Did and you? I learned uh, very quickly that you end up on the other side of the room. <laughs> and with the shape of a paperclip burned into your finger oh, and in the man. emergency room with a nurse squeezing stuff on your you know like yeah. you learn you learn yeah you rewire that stuff pretty quickly
1: yeah man that's so true that i oh, i'm not a parent but you're right i feel like as a parent that's got to be the hardest thing in the world to do because you know the danger that you know doing that yeah um that balance of not coddling
0: them, right. but also not letting them die, right, has got to be the, right. the hardest tightrope. You know, and all. in the case of like <coughs> politics, or you know, in the extreme case, in the case of like assassination, consider what would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, the assassination of somebody like a, 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 a <coughs> an activist like MLK. Right, or a leader yeah. like JFK, yeah, uh, left this gaping hole in the world, right? And there obviously were responses and reactions to that. But consider mm-hmm. how taking out somebody like Donald Trump. Consider how his followers would respond to that. Yeah, it'd be chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So the worst thing you could do is shut somebody like that down, because the people who are then behind him are just—it's like Hydra. You cut off one head, and another right. one will grow yeah. back. You know? Two more grow, right? right. Yeah. right.
1: Yeah, you're right, Um, man. Could you just solve the problem, Jordan? Could you just run for president? Yeah, let's do
0: it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I don't want to.
0: Come on, man. I don't want that job. (laughs) Uh, That's the problem. It's a job. Yeah. You know, it was, so my it was on an interfaith ministers call the other day, and the the problem is getting people to step up into leadership, right? Getting people yeah. to like step up, right. lead, lead a small group, uh, volunteer for to chair this committee, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get people to step up and volunteer for these things? Step yeah. into these roles. <clears throat> and I had this epiphany. I was like, man, you know what? I just realized that I make it look super hard. Like I'm walking around schlepping the box out to right. the park every month, the chairs and the right. whatever else it is, I gotta bring out the drums and the books and the all that, you know. Right. And I'm like working my ass off, and then to finally sit down, and then I gotta, you know, establish sacred space and hold everybody through this thing. You know? Right. It's like I'm not making it look too easy, you know. Yeah. I gotta slow down. That's a reminder to me to slow down mm. and appreciate every moment. Yeah. Look what I get to do this morning. <clears throat> Right, is gather in this park with all these amazing people and like have this amazing, deep, meaningful, connective experience, this spiritual expression with other people in the park. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, oh, all right, I gotta get the thing, and here's the, right. you know, like, yeah. if you expect people to step up and do what you're doing, you better be making it look easy. Yeah. Otherwise, it looks like a job.
1: Right. I yeah, and I would say I having worked in church world. Yeah. Part of the being employed by a church, part of, the, part of the problem that I struggle with, and I think ultimately it's almost like a, it's just a nasty cycle that's been created, is that at some point, uh, faith does become a job sure. for you. And it's almost like we're, we're doing these things because I have to make the paycheck, not because this thing is truly meaningful and changing my life right. and making me a better person. Yeah. Man, that's a, ch- and that's a, that's a tough balance. Yeah. One of my favorite comedians is uh, Brian Regan.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And he has a, one of his newer albums. That he's talking about he gets into talking about being the president. And he's yeah. like Man, I wouldn't want that job. Right. Why would anyone want that job? He's yeah. like, imagine, imagine every, this is every day of your life. Someone comes into your bedroom in the morning to wake you up, mm-hmm. and you get this is how they wake you up. Yeah.
0: That's how you get woken up every
1: day. Like, who wants that? Who wants to do that?
0: Yeah. I saw the side-by-side comparison of, um, this was from like a Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, side-by-side, or maybe it wasn't, uh, side-by-side of like George W. Bush mm -hmm. uh, when he started his presidency. And then when he ended, and the <clears throat> right. photo was just like, I mean, he had gray hair, and yeah. it was just it was just—he wrinkles, and it was, you know, he aged. Yeah. And then Barack Obama, when he started, black hair, you know. <clears throat> yeah. At the end, Young, gray hair, wrinkles, just aged, right? And so the final frame was Bernie Sanders on the left. Oh, no. And then it was the Crypt Keeper <laughs> on, on the right. <laughs> oh. <coughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's wow, but that's what you can expect from that job, yeah, is to be aged yeah, no wonder yeah. i I mean you can
1: almost make an argument that it's just it's just a bunch of crazy people that want that job
0: because mm-hmm. there's oh yeah,
1: there's almost got to be something wrong if you want if that's how you want to spend your life but yeah, I don't know man that's uh that's crazy <laughs> so uh how long have you been married
0: about fifteen years 15 years yeah, okay I'm saying
1: how has uh how has all of this played into your marriage? All of what? Like uh your beliefs
0: and your oh. faith practice and all of that. Like <clears throat> I would almost say that my marriage has influenced my choice. My 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 choices to go into Ministry, my, my my choices to attempt to start a spiritual community from scratch, you know, my choices to enter the chaplaincy, yeah, all of that uh, were very informed mm-hmm. by my relationship with Jennifer. Interesting. She's um, she's amazing. She's uh, my best friend. I can tell her anything. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a leader. A a, a quiet, silent leader But, like, she's a CEO of her own business Works at home Runs her own company Has for five years Um, I look at her and I see, like, the leader I could never be Right? And I'm sure there's things that I do that she could never do Or wouldn't want to do But she also comes from this family Of, like, her mother is a yogi And an Ayurvedic practitioner And, like... Hmm. Her stepdad is this um, guy who used to be in radio and, and now has just become like a real model for me as like a male elder. Uh, we take new dads when we find out somebody's having a baby. Mm-hmm. We take them out to sacred lands and we have this like rite of passage, fatherhood rite oh, that we wow. do for them. Yeah. The, her family has so influenced what <clears throat> I do that I, I wouldn't be where I am without her. Interesting. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I guess most people don't really think about... It's usually... Yeah, I mean, that's the reason I asked the question that way. It's usually, like, you would think someone's faith informs their marriage or their relationship, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no. When I met her, I was still at, like, you know, Spiral Dynamics, I was still at, like, orange, modern, achievist, science, truth, empirical evidence... You know, people yeah. turn to atheism, you know, um, and, or at least scientism, you yeah, know, people, right, right, people right. turn different ways at orange. Um, but then moving <coughs> through orange to green and like discovering, oh, I don't know, man, there's just, I, I, I shudder to think of what I would be without ha- having her in my life.
1: She taught you how to love.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Like really love. Absolutely. How to love, how to forgive, how to lead, how to do everything <laughs> Everything I didn't know how to do.
1: Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Which I guess I hear is what marriage is supposed to be. What you well, should get out
0: of marriage. Ideally.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then the choice, you know, and they were both in both instances, the deliberate kind of meticulous choice we made to have children. Yeah. Um, that's something we hope to pass on to them. Of course, they're going to go through stages where they're going to rebel and they're going to be assholes. It's fine. Whatever. You know what I mean? Ultimately, you know, we hope to have them be pretty cool people. You know? Mm -hmm. To carry on this work in the world. Yeah. Even if they're not, you know, even if they don't want to keep the annual interfaith week of St. Petersburg going with all the faith communities. Sure. You know, all these pet projects of mine that are, like, set up and have these... The, the, these f- structures, yeah. Know, even if they don't want to hold them up, at least at least they're going to be cool people.
1: Yeah. You know. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know we need to wrap up here in a second, but a couple of things I want to ask you about. It's interesting you mentioned that too about your about your kids, because I um, I for a while now I don't I don't have kids, but I've seen I've got a lot of nieces and
0: nephews, and I've seen kids. You can borrow like mine now. if you want. Yeah. I, okay.
1: Cool. I'll hang out with yeah. them Alchemy in yeah. <laughs> <also>.
0: um, <laughs> uh, You guys can listen to Pierce the Veil. Again. Yeah,
1: okay. Mm-hmm. I should probably listen to them first, because I haven't listened yeah. to them yet. But, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, they, so, interesting thing to me, so much in religion, uh, at least from a Christ- Christianity standpoint, is uh, references to God as, as a parent, as a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and having different conversations about uh, people being angry with God or all those kinds of things and parental maybe not being the best illustration mm. of God's relations to man because some people have terrible parents they've had terrible relationships right, with right. their father or whatever um, but I've, I've come to this idea that like you being mad at God or being angry or spitting in God's face whatever like uh, God's okay with that Right. God's big enough yeah. to handle that,
0: yeah.
1: and I saw that from from a parent. And you being a parent, probably can speak of this better. You know, alchemy. Let's take alchemy. One day, she you tell her to do something, and she rebels against you and says, "No, I hate you." Right. Whatever. Says all these hurtful things and leaves right. and go, just goes and does her own thing. Right. Which will happen. It, I know it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but you as an adult and as a parent, being big enough to know yeah that hurts and it sucks that you did that but I'm big enough to take that from you because I know what that means and I know and I'm still going to love you just the same and I'm still when you come back or I'm still going to go after you to try to bring you back (laughs) or when you do come back the door is still going to be open to you absolutely um that to me is the side of God that I I wish every person could see or experience Mm. or uh you know, understand that you wouldn't run after your daughter at that point, and and I'm gonna. Well, the fact you. you said you might punish her, right? The consequences right. Of that, but you're not gonna like push her into traffic. And like, what's, right. the, what's the worst, right. horrible thing I can do to you, right? I brought you in this world, I'll take you out, right. yeah, exactly. Pull the Cosby on her, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I guess my question is, why, where do you? Or do you have a thought of where that perception of God came from? That God would not respond to us in that way, as a, as a loving parent would to their kid in, in that? Like, do we expect
0: God would, that God would, be would puni- strike us down? Would or be or would, punitive yeah. and would be wrathful? <clears throat> yes. What, you're asking me where that idea came from? Mm-hmm. Other than the Old Testament? Yeah, but I mean broader than that. I mean... In a, in a, okay. In a... In a, in a
1: uh, yeah, because there's all... I mean, you could... There's all kinds of perspectives
0: on that. Sure. I mean... But I guess, yeah. I God, guess I it could, you would be how you read that. Okay. Yeah. So based on your perspective on mm-hmm. the reading... Yeah. Where you are, your stage of consciousness, if you're reading it from a kind of traditional conformist uh, worldview or whether you're reading it from a... Um, you know, modernist achiever worldview or yeah. whether you're reading it from a warrior, you know, yeah. worldview, it's gonna inform how you interpret that language, that yeah. shared language, right? And that's where we get the meaning sure. of that from. But also it's how you're it's the method, right? It's the translation mm-hmm. of how you're reading uh are you reading it figuratively or linguistically <clears throat> or historically or allegorically or, you know, how are you reading that story? Yeah. And so there's metaphysical Christianity, mm -hmm. right? Like the unity movement, new thought, religious science, Christian science that reads these passages of scripture completely metaphysically, right? Completely that this is father, mother, God, that, you know, gender, you know, while it was the nomenclature (laughs) of the time to use the word father, now, today, when we open the book, we read it this way. Yeah. So it just depends on how you read it and when somebody throw this in there said, Okay. So, and a half an hour later somebody cuts you off in traffic throws you the bird and guess what you're going to open it up you're going to read it completely differently that same yeah day.
1: that's a good point yeah that's true so people always say that about well God was this wrathful angry God in the Old Testament and all that yeah but did you read the New Testament right exactly because he what's their two parts to a whole there are two know, parts to a
0: whole and one that is much larger and more inclusive than another you know i mean right. w- one so, that not refutes the other but definitely proclaims yeah. to fulfill the right. other yeah. right so i guess that's why i ask and that's why that it boggles
1: me that like if you read the whole thing if you make it to the if you make it to the new testament and you make it to jesus that was Right. the embodiment of love and grace and forgiveness why does the why does the other half get held on to more so than that half
0: right well if you get to the Beatitudes if you get to the Sermon on the mm-hmm. Mount where he says uh, it has been said to you that mm-hmm. and then insert wrathful punitive Old Testament passage here mm-hmm. comma verily I say unto you insert Radically inclusive, postmodern turquoise—you know—Jesus' yeah. interpretation of that teaching here, and he right. goes down the line, and yeah. he interprets all of that stuff for you. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's how to reframe I, it. How to now in this day and age, he's saying now let's not right. think about it how we used to think about it. Yeah, let's think about it differently. Think about it from a modern perspective, right? Think about it here and now. How do you read this lesson? How do you receive this teaching? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what this... So now in struggle. 2015, where is the verily I say unto you? Right? Mm-hmm. How are we reading it now? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm inter- I'm really interested in in studies of, of the Bible that frames it in the postmodern pluralistic context. Yeah. How do we read the Bible in the day... Of Napster and smartphones and the internet and the ability to communicate around the world with nations and children and mm-hmm. look at the environment we're in now. Yeah, <laughs> new eyes. We're new people. Now go yeah. back and read it and yeah. interpret it, knowing yeah. now what we know. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, you just offended a whole lot of people. I say. <laughs> hey, I'm in good company. I'm in really good company. Yeah, you are. No. I- <laughs> Uh, so, last thing, real quick, I want to talk about your your book, your new book,
0: sentences. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, sentences uh, started basically as a Google Doc where I would grab like lyrics from songs I wrote, or uh, like if I would had given a talk uh, at integral church service or something, and like you know, say I delivered three pages of a talk or a discussion. There was one line that really stood out. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just kind of yeah. started gathering my own little highlights and <coughs> excerpts. And at the end of last year, I thought, man, I really kind of have enough of these now to kind of put into a little volume, you know? So it's basically like a little inspirational, like daily devotional. Uh, there's not 365 of them. There's only like 60. But I mean, you yeah. could literally read it front to back or you could... Open it up at random, you know, if you're looking for a little meditation on, you know, on something. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little book. My second one that's, like, actually been published, published. Okay. So that's cool. I ordered it on Amazon. Yeah, thanks, man. Which uh, Yeah, of course. Um, One of my favorite ones
1: in here, which I think is very fitting to our discussion, uh, On God, your sentence on God, Mm -hmm. trying to wrap God... Up in all this human language is like trying to toilet paper the sun. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I love it. (laughs) It's uh, where did that come from?
0: I don't know. Did you? Was that something you said, or was it something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I probably said it in conversation Mm -hmm. or via Facebook Messenger to somebody or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
1: That's such a great point because, again, as we were talking about earlier, the. You know, we're all trying to figure this thing out, but we all have a finite mind trying to explain and understand trying to
0: understand is. mystery. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's fascinating to me that we're not okay with the mystery. Yeah. So much of religion is not okay with the mystery. That's we right. want it very black and white. We want the it's gotta be, like you said, wrapped up into this human language so yeah. that we can understand and grasp grasp onto. Yeah. Um so interesting. Um so to kind of close it out a couple things a couple things to ask you one uh, one question I always ask people everyone's on the podcast is you know the whole idea of this is boldly going you obviously stepped out and kind of followed your passion you're yeah. you know you left uh, the nine, the pseudo nine to five Absolutely. type of job doing doing the thing that you love um, there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast that haven't done that or they want to do that or they're trying to do something mm-hmm. like that maybe not necessarily leaving their job but it that art piece that they that they want to do or they want to try right. that they haven't done, my question is always, do you think every human being has the ability to boldly go step out and and change whatever that thing is to because I think that's the ultimate one of the ultimate questions that we wrestle with
0: um, yeah i think I think everybody has the ability to. Step out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and to look at things through a different set of eyes. And whether that means, you know, Joseph Campbell called it uh, following your bliss, right? Okay. Like <clears throat> following your passion and following mm-hmm. whatever it is that your heart and your soul called to you to find the treasure at the end of your life to know that you stayed true to your path, right? Uh, it's irresponsible for me or anyone else to suggest that somebody abandon something that is stable, like a job or a career, mm-hmm. to go out and risk something that might potentially you know, be a detriment to them or their family. But at the same time, people have, I think, not only the ability, but the responsibility to be true to themselves in every moment, right? And step out of their comfort zone in a way that... Allows them to, if somebody's being, you know, sexist or racist in the grocery line, step up and defend that other person, right, yeah. or whatever that is. And being, being true, uh, being holding the highest truth, the most goodness, the most beauty, right, for for all, uh, for all beings in all worlds. That's what I think I see the ability in all people to have, right. And then if you unlock that ability, right, like power up style, video yeah. game style. Right. If you unlock that achievement, then your bliss just follows, right? Mm. Then whatever you're doing becomes your if you apply your spiritual practice to the worst job in the world, it becomes the best job in the world. Yeah. Right? And you can find a moment of beauty picking up garbage and throwing it into a garbage truck. Yeah. You know, if you're in the moment and appreciative mm. of the circle of life and the amazing community and city in which you live and the fact that these, the waste travels around the world to different look- you know, if you're plugged into that you're having, you know, that's that's zen, you know, that's that's the most amazing thing you can be tapped into so, do I think any, everybody has the ability to follow their bliss? Yes uh, I think that first they must follow their heart Awesome
1: I heard a guy one time say uh, just like what we you were saying, like Throwing the trash in and that being their bliss Uh, finding the finding the divine and the mundane yeah experiencing the divine and the mundane absolutely so um, anything you want to promote obviously your book sentences (laughs)
0: Everyone listening
1: should go buy it. You
0: could go, yeah, you could go on. It's available on Amazon. If you go to uh, joranslane.com, that's J-O-R-A-N-S-L-A-N-E.com. There's links to all my books, including sentences. And uh, if you want more information about Integral Church and Integral Spirituality, you go to integralchurch.org. That's the church website and yeah I mean my line's open you know people should email me if they have any questions especially if they live in the area and want to get involved in things like Interfaith Week or you know some of the events that we do just uh, feel free to contact me yeah because you've got
1: that you I mean you're essentially what made that a thing in St. Pete that it's an official uh, official, officially sanctioned week recognized by yeah
0: yeah I ran into the mayor in the line at Best Buy and was like hey dude I got an idea Interfaith Week and he was like yeah let's do it nice he's a jewish mayor on a christian city council so he's like anything i can do anything i can do to help <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome very yeah. cool yeah. so um, yeah do you have a, a, a social media are you on i'm on facebook i'm on twitter facebook? all that stuff not uh, instagram my instagram okay. got hacked oh, and i recently had to delete all the f- horrible photos that got put up. Oh
1: no. My Instagram
0: currently has one photo on it. Got it. (laughs) But
1: on Twitter, uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, man, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Like I said, every conversation with you always expand my brain and,
0: uh, you as well. I appreciate being here. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Uh, so as I always like to end the, end the podcast, I always pose a question to, uh, everyone listening. So before we go, final question, um, what is what can you do this week? what is the one thing that you can do this week to step out uh as I say boldly go and uh chase that dream chase that bliss go after that bliss or um you know uh, start that art piece, start writing that book, start doing that thing that you're passionate about start doing the thing that makes you a better person and can ultimately make the world a better a better place What can you do this week to boldly go because uh, I think that's where it really becomes real, is when not just listening to conversations like this, but taking that and doing something about it. So think about that. Go and boldly go so we can do something uh, that you can do, that only you can do. Jordan, thanks for being on here.
0: You're the best. Thanks, man. You too. Everybody's done Friends through eternity, loyalty